welcome to Somatic. It's nice to have you back. In this new episode, we explore the experience and politics of running. Specifically, running exercises within the urban environment. And we explore this topic through the critical lens of a nascent feminist and cultural scholar who's studying the politics of running. Much like our previous episode, which was on the embodied experience of traveling on passenger trains in the United States, this episode is designed to be experiential as much as informational. You will hear the sound of someone running through the city. The sounds of an active human being exercising. The sounds of the urban environment as they run past cars, intersections, buildings, wind, other humans. The person doing the running in this episode, the critical scholar you'll hear from, is Katie Esmond. My name is Katie Esmond, and I'm a doctoral candidate at the University of Maryland in Physical Cultural Studies. I'm a runner, and for my dissertation, in part, I studied women who run, and I wanted to learn about how they use wearable technologies, like GPS watches, in their running practices. What you are about to hear is Katie going on a 20-minute run through her neighborhood in Washington, D.C. At moments throughout the episode, you will hear Katie reflecting on the running experience, what she feels when she runs, what she thinks about, how it relates to her current research on running, and what she thinks is important and critical about this everyday activity, particularly in relation to questions and issues of feminist and gender politics. Intermixed with the sounds of Katie's run will also be original music, created and recorded by myself, Somatic co-founder Sam Clevenger. My hope is that this music emboldens the various affective dimensions of Katie's running experience, helping the listener to hear the materiality, that material subjectivity that is importantly entailed in running in everyday life. And then at the end, you'll hear from Oliver, my Somatic colleague, who will wrap up the show. Enjoy. Hello? Hello? The process of researching running made me think a lot more about what it feels like viscerally what it feels like to run and how I might try to capture that with others because it's very hard to to capture something that's th that there aren't words for and I think a lot of running is like that um, your, your mind 
How, how do you explain it? I mean, you, you are thinking the whole time that you run. <laughs> I, I don't think it's this thing where you your mind goes blank. Right. <laughs> Personally, I think about everything as I run. I think a lot about my life, <laughs> what is going on in my life, a conversation that I've had with somebody. I think about stoplights. I really like it later on in a run when I get a stoplight and I get to stop running. <laughs> I, I like that. I think about my body a lot. I think about how it feels. Does it hurt? Does it feel good to be moving through space and have the wind blowing in my hair or the, the sun touching my skin? So I'm thinking a lot about just the embodied experience of running. Sometimes it can be really pleasurable and a lot of the time, really not. <laughs> When I run, I think a lot about the the research runs I did with women, where I would meet them in a place where they would typically start running, and we would go out and run the path that they would have been running at that time. So I got to experience running through a lot of other women's eyes, which is an interesting thing because usually you do it for yourself, maybe for your running partner or whatever, but. I got to learn what they think about when they run and what they're doing and how they make decisions about where they're going to go. And when I say that now, I, I realize that that was being led into what is a pretty private part of a lot of people's lives. It's typically something that you do by yourself a lot. Um, maybe you have a running group, maybe you have a running partner, but ultimately the decisions that you make about your running are really yours. And so I, I guess I think a lot about the experiences I had essentially running as someone else and trying to get different things out of the places that I was in, much like those women were. Running is a different way of interacting with your environment because you are using it for a different purpose. Usually it's not for transportation, it's for exercise, right? You usually end up where you started, so it's not really for, for transportation. Um, and, I, and so I think that this different way of interacting with the world and the people in it as a runner also it, it is gendered. Um, I mean, I think that people are very willing to talk to women in general about what they're doing. 
whether it's telling them that they need to smile more or asking them what they're doing and wanting their attention in some way. And I think as a runner, in a, a lot of cases, people are not very willing to talk to you because it seems like you're very focused and you're moving by quickly. So maybe it's hard for them to actually stop you and talk to you. But I do find sometimes it, it lights. Men will engage me in conversation and sometimes they'll comment on my appearance in a way that they seem to think I am there for them to do that kind of thing to um, and people will also shout comments from cars which blessedly you can't really tell what they're saying when they do that because I I don't want to know what someone who's shouting at me from a car is actually saying um, and sometimes they'll just be out on the street and they'll make comments and that they really often center on your appearance because there's just this sense that if you're a woman moving around in the world whether you're running or walking that you're open for feedback <laughs> that you want people's feedback on your appearance There, there was one time where I was running on a trail, and it was in Silver Spring. Not super isolated, but you would maybe run into a handful of people over several kilometers. It's, there aren't a ton of people on this trail. And I remember one time I was running, and I noticed this man behind me, which is not uncommon. But I, I do think that a lot of women have more of an awareness of being in an isolated area and seeing a man in it that they have an awareness that if something goes wrong, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't know if there are very many men, at least straight white men, who tend to have that thought when they're in an isolated area. Um, so I noticed this man behind me, and I keep running, and you have these sort of defensive moves, whether you're running or just walking at night, to try to assess if this person is dangerous or not. Like, you might stop and see if they pass you, or ch ch um, switch to the other side of the road, or make a turn and see if they're following you or if they just keep going on their way. Um, and so I remember I would stop to, say, tie my shoe or something like that, and I would look back and he was stopping as well. And he was basically stopping when I was. <laughs> and to this day, uh, I don't know if he was just totally unaware of how scary that kind of thing is to women. We tell men when they ask, cross the street, just walk on the other side of the street at night. Don't just walk behind a woman. It may mean nothing to you, but that will probably help her to feel safe. Because a lot of men don't think about this kind of thing. So I don't know if he just didn't realize that <laughs> stopping at the same time as a woman who's running in front of you on an isolated trail several times is going to be scary for her <laughs> or not. I, I, so I don't know what he was doing, but I at the end, I sprinted to get to the more public part of this trail because this guy, I could not lose him. He would not pass me. 
and it was a scary experience. These experiences are rare, but I would say that almost every woman is going to have several of them over the course of her lifetime. And collectively, they communicate to us that we don't get to use these spaces in the same way that the most privileged people do. Um, I mean, you, you can think of all kinds of different ways that identity shapes how you are allowed to experience a space, and if you view it as a safe one not in the safe spaces kind of way that is in the news a lot, but, but am I allowed to be here? How defensive and alert do I have to be? What, what can I be doing that won't arouse suspicion or make me seem vulnerable? There are parts of Iran that I think are my favorite, that I always enjoy. Um, I think in particular, my latest route takes me through Meridian Hill Park, and there are the, there's this huge set of steps that goes through multiple levels in the park. And whenever I stand at the bottom of them, I feel intimidated, because I also think that with running, there's always this fear that something will stop you from finishing, whether it's you getting too tired or getting injured or what have you. And so there's always this sense that this run could fail. And standing at the bottom of a set of steps for me, I, sometimes I, I, actually I always get that feeling like my run could fail. I might be too tired to get up these steps. But it, it's intimidating, but also in my mind, I'm thinking about the, the beauty of it. There's something about being at a bottom, at the bottom of a set of steps and thinking about how you're going to get up it and how it's a challenge, but one that you asked for and want. And then when you finally get up to the top, you know, you're gasping for air, but trying not to be because you don't want to seem like it was that hard if anybody is around, which they are in the city. So you're trying to disguise how hard that run was up those steps. You don't want to seem out of shape. Um, but there's this great sense of accomplishment and relief that I made it up and I don't have to do that again. <laughs> it's done and I, I'm at the top again. But you don't look back. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think of it th that particular set of steps from the other angle. I just think of it. I, I remember just being so tired of that run. <laughs> I woke up 
pretty early. I, I think I did the run at 6.45 a.m. or something like that. And I remember it wasn't that hot, which that weekend it was, but it was still kind of nice to be outside. And I remember that there was a beautiful sunrise. I remember being um, really taken by that. Um, because you, you get to see some of the prettiest things, I think, when you're running, because you tend to be out at times others aren't. <laughs> you, you go out in the morning because it's gonna be too hot later in the day, or you work. <laughs> or you're out in the evening when people are rushing home from work or cooking or whatever. Um, and you cover so much more ground, too. So you get to see all these places that you wouldn't really have a reason to walk to <laughs> at another time. So. You just get to see so many things, and, and the, I would say that for almost every runner, unless they're really elite and only using spaces um, for their function only, like it gives me this distance <laughs> and it's flat, I would say space is a huge part for almost every runner because you get a lot of pleasure from maybe seeing familiar places or running in new places when you travel or finding new neighborhoods where you live. I think it's a huge part of the experience.
Okay, and that's it for another episode of Somatic. Um, this was an absolutely great episode to listen to. It was a lot of fun to edit for me as well. Um, I want to thank Katie Esmond for doing all the running and narration while running. It really was the basis of what this episode was. Um, I also want to thank uh, Somatic co-founder Sam um, he did a great job uh, introducing the topic and interviewing Katie and, and doing all of that work as well. Um, as per usual, there'll be a blog post that goes along with this episode up on our website at somaticpodcast.com. If you have any questions for us or want to get in contact, you can do that on our Twitter at Somatic Podcast, or you can send us an email at somaticpodcast at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, uh, we should be back shortly. Um, and we look forward to it, and we'll see you on the next episode. Um, this has been Somatic.